This is the Gear Patrol podcast for Friday, October 1st, 2021. I'm Nick Caruso. And this week, we're talking with a very special guest, Casey Johnston, about her Substack newsletter called She's a Beast. Then we'll discuss Amazon's new fitness tracker hardware and subscription services. And then we're going to geek out on the Rivian R1T, reviews of which have been uh, sort of like flooding the web all week. So on the horn today with me is Platforms Editor J.D. DiGiovanni. J.D., howdy doody. Hey, Nick. How's it going? Oh, I'm good. Thanks for asking. Uh, and uh, I know you and I both are very pleased to welcome our guest this week, writer extraordinaire and well-known swole woman, Casey Johnston. Casey, it's great to have you here. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm going to be curious to hear why you're so excited to have me. I think writer extraordinaire is maybe like the nicest, most uh, enthusiastic intro I've ever received on a podcast. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, well, I wrote it and edited it many times. I mean, that was that was. The <laughs> I'm not to steal to, that now. Although it's yeah. the kind of thing you can't, one can't say about oneself. You know, I think you have to. <laughs> so, just so everyone knows, often, often people write these for podcasts. They ask you like how you want to be introduced. I was That's not right. asked for this. That's that correct. Came from Nick's own brain. That's right. I made it up. Um, I don't want anybody to have agency over their own description. That's that's <laughs> not how this works. This is about how you see the world, not about that's correct. <laughs> not received wisdom here. On right. This is I, I when I said we're publishing this, I did not mean on Gear Patrol. I mean, I'm this is just like my own hobby thing. Here. <laughs> um, but I do have speaking of things I've written, I do have in all caps on my notes here. Uh, well, I won't say it like this, but it's in all caps, so you can imagine it. it just says it's fall, baby, <laughs> because it is. We're this is publishing on October first. It is chilly out. I was wearing a beanie on my bald head a few minutes ago, but I took it off it's because chilly. It, high under seventy, I think today it was like high of sixty six in Brooklyn today. Yeah, it's great. Uh, Casey, Chris. JD, and I talk about pumpkin spice stuff a lot. Mm. I just got through a can of uh, or a canister of uh, Trader Joe's pumpkin spice coffee, which is so aggressively. I mean, I think there's people maybe make too much of pumpkin spice things tasting just like spice and not really like pumpkin at all. But this is yeah. very just like, you know, half a cup of allspice in the coffee. It's so, <laughs> so allspice. That I'm just set. Like, I feel like I'm set on pumpkin everything now, and it's not even really October yet. Yeah, yeah. JD, what's your pumpkin spice status today? Uh, I'm. I need to top it up. Um, I haven't had any pumpkin flavored anything in like two days, so uh, it's it's kind of getting low. Um, but it's all right. I think I think I can remedy the situation uh, relatively quickly here. So. Yeah, you just gotta like line up a, a rail of that allspice and just. <laughs> <laughs> Get it in your system. Yes. Um, we uh, we should note that there are. Um, I think I think it's JD. There are children somewhere running around there. And while we you know appreciate and love children, we cherish them. Uh, they are noisy little suckers sometimes. So they may be uh, having a little fun outside uh, while we record, and that just adds to the pumpkin spice of life. I also have two cats here who are. Um, you know, it's, we're within two hours of dinner time, striking distance. So it's time to meow at me for two straight hours until that's, they're fed. So if you hear a cat, that's yeah, pleasant. I actually, now that you mentioned that, I just saw a tweet yesterday that one of the basic tenets of, uh, zoom calls and the like, are that if you mention that your cat is there, you have to hold it up and mm -hmm. show everyone. Yes. If you mention you have a cat, you have to show the cat. If someone else hears a cat, they have to say cat in the chat. Yeah. These you are, haven't, you haven't done either. politeness now, you know. You haven't done either, though. That's true. He did come up screaming. I pet him to sort of placate okay. him off camera. You didn't say cat. That's the problem. No one okay. said cat in the chat. There's an order to this. Look, this is going off the rails. None of this is... <laughs> This is not usable at all. I know. This uh, is neither gear nor patrol right now. <laughs> <laughs> let's, yeah, let's focus this up on some gear patrol. Um, 
But um, actually, what we want to talk about, Casey, first is your, shall I say, newish project. It's called She's a Beast, um, which in many ways picks up where your former vice column, Ask a Swole Woman, called Ask a Swole Woman, left off. Um, but before we sort of like get into those details, um, this is this may I much like my intro, I guess, uh, sort of like along the lines. You're a prolific fitness writer. Uh, I think you are kind of a, a truth teller in the space as well. A very frank uh, sort of voice. Um, and in particular, you share quite a lot on your site and in your writing and all over the place about your own fitness journey and sort of your relationship with your body and nutrition and health. And so I'm wondering if you can sort of give li listeners and us uh, the quick and dirty there about, you know, why are you a swole woman and how that journey sort of informs all of your work? For sure. Well, the the name of it, the moniker situation is supposed to be a bit of a, um, it's not a red herring, but like a false, false flag. I don't know what the right term is, but like the whole thing is that I'm not really very um, swole looking mm -hmm. or strong. Um, I'm a pretty normal person who is just very enthusiastic about uh, lifting weights. But the short version of how it happened is that um, for a long time, I was a uh, runner. I was into running like in my adult years, starting in college um, with the goal of sort of losing weight and like being in shape and hopefully like curing my depression as people like to say about exercise sometimes. Um, and then I was, I just sort of kept going. I was dieting more and more and running more and more eating less and less. And just like, was never getting to a point where I felt like I was, I could just sort of set and forget this process. It was just always on my mind. And it felt like the longer, the longer, the more time went on. And the more that I did, the more that I had to do. And I was just like, this can't, this can't be the way that life works. Um, so around 2014, um, I ran across a Reddit post where it was a, a woman, which was, you know, is still unusual, but it was more unusual. <laughs> on Reddit? Yes. Uh, a post <laughs> by a woman on Reddit, unusual already, but she was posting about um, her six months of progress with lifting weights, which I had thought, it's not that I thought it was only for men, but I thought it was like sort of strictly, if you want to be like a bodybuilder, there was no reason to be so as intense as to lift weights if that wasn't what you were after. Um, but she right. was doing it just as a basic fitness thing. So she's like, here's my before and after pictures. Here's what I do. I work out three times a week. Um, I eat like well over 2000 calories a day. And it's, it's going well, like I'm, I'm loving it. As you can see, like, you know, some positive aesthetic changes, but nothing's, nothing really crazy is happening. And I was like, okay, this is um, sort of the opposite of how I thought about lifting, about exercise, about food, like everything is the opposite here. And it seems like she's living exactly the life that I would, I would like to be living in terms of my time commitment and investment. Um, but I wasn't. <laughs> so <laughs> I decided to try lifting weights and that was seven years ago. Okay. Can you hear Cat? that? Cat? And <laughs> yeah. if I can grab a hold of him, I can show you. Oh, no, he's, he's, he's the wily little right devil. All right. Um, so, okay. That, that's like the, the story of how it started. Um, and then for two years I was yelling at everyone about how great lifting weights was. Um, and that they should try it. And eventually the editor of the hairpin at the time was like, you should uh, write an advice column about, about exercise broadly, but like you have this angle of, you know, lifting weight. It's very like different from normal sort of fitness uh, mm -hmm. advice, which is usually like focused on weight loss and focused on being hotter and like, that's it. Right. Um, so yeah, that was five years ago. I've been writing it bi-weekly since then you said prolific but it's really one of those things where if you just keep doing it at a regular increment for a long enough time it really builds up like i haven't even i'm really behind on organizing all my um past columns but that's the story did i leave anything out any miss anything 
I don't know. It's your story. I, uh, <laughs> it, I think that sounds good. I mean, it's, are you it's, left with any questions? I guess is what I want to know. No, I was going to wrap it up right here. Okay. Uh, okay. JD, I don't know yeah. if you've got anything. No, I mean, I, I think that it's, <laughs> it's, it's cool to hear. It's cool to hear the story. I, I've been following the column for a while. And I think that one of the th reasons why it's such a fun read is because it is like occupies a, a space in like fitness media that is like so underserved where, yeah. you know, it, you have these people who are like super hardos who are like all about like squatting, like way too much <laughs> or not too much. Right. Um, but then, you know, like lifting weights is just fun. And like, it doesn't have to be this like super exclusive and excruciating club. You have to like join, um, like by dint of like, I don't know, eating way too much protein or like being a, a, I don't know, like puffed up tough guy. Like you can just like enjoy it in the same way that like people run casually or people like do a lot of other sports casually. Um, and I think that like that, that to me is like, so it's so amazing. Like how, how unique that still feels like that after all these years that there's still like not enough people doing that. And so I think that from my perspective as someone who like both just loves that stuff personally and, and, you know, loves, loves a good column. It's, it's one of the reasons why it's like a standout one for me. That's cool. Yes. I mean, I think that's the thing that I'm, I feel like I'm often saying there's more and more people who are sort of on my page and I don't even think I was the only one on my page when I started doing this, yeah. there's like a handful, not even a handful. There's a good number of people out there. It's just like, they don't, you know, they're not like, I have Tracy Anderson on my YouTube homepage every time I go to youtube.com instead of somebody who like, I'm actually interested in. So yeah, but I like to say that lifting, you can have the same involvement with lifting as a lot of people do with running. And I think we falsely assume, and I assumed for a long time that it was like more effortful to lift weights than it was to run. And I hated running a lot. Mm, like I sucks. overcame a, a mountain of, of hating running in order to like, I, I eventually ran a bunch of half marathons. So determined was I in my like sort of weight loss goal that I was like, okay, if I, this is how far I have to go, it's how far I have to go. And even still, it didn't really like bring me peace. Like I don't want to say I didn't lose weight, but it, never got me to the point of homeostasis, if you will. Yeah. And I always assumed that lifting weights was like for the more hardcore people. But I think even still now I spend less time lifting weights and I like overall sweat less. I hate it less than <laughs> I ever did. When I did with running, like at, at the sort of like worst, worst, most effective quote unquote phase of it. So what um, I mean, it, in your view, is is what perpetuates the sort of idea of lifting being that hardcore, um, sort of uh, difficult to approach sport? Is is it pop culture? Is it like the people, the the, the actual culture around it? What like what is what turns people off? You know, I think if we had an answer to this question, like I could stop writing my column, honestly. But like, I, it's something I think about all the time. And I think it's a number of factors. Um, like one potential one could be the effects of um, lifting are so visible that like, it sort of looks like more intense or like more effective or like the people who we see who talk about lifting weights are usually people who are like bodybuilders. Um, sure. So there's sort of like a false connection there that's encouraged in lots of other things where we see, you know, fitness models who probably do lift weights and have like a very long, intense training background will be photographed in magazines. And it'll be like, here's how you, here's like a weightlifting workout implying that it's going to make you look like this fitness model. And it's like, chair dips and like modified push-ups and like little <laughs> bicep curls and body weight squats and like you know three sets of 20 every day for all these exercises and and it's not saying soon you too will look like this but that's the implication um yeah. so it's all kind of one big complex marketing thing i think that's a big part of it um you know another I, question go ahead jd no yeah, yeah i feel like you're yeah. gonna follow up there no, I, I, if anything, um, and maybe I'm taking us off track here, but uh, in which case, uh, Nick, you can, I can 
fix this mess, but uh, off the rails. I, <laughs> I wanted to kind of ask you about um, how like your training personally has changed during the pandemic. And like, as someone who follows you on Instagram, like I know you have this like sweet rogue setup in your backyard for, for lifting. Um, and I, I guess I, I'd be curious, I mean, for the whole gear portion of this, like, like what was the process of like getting that set up? And then like after, I don't know how many months, like, do you still enjoy like, like doing like a working out in the backyard and like has the equipment like held up at all? And can you sort of describe the setup for people who haven't seen it? Yes, totally. Um, I wanted to, I had one follow-up. Did you say Rogue setup, like Rogue the brand? Yeah. Yeah, I have a couple of Rogue branded things, but I want to be clear they didn't like sponsor it. Like this was all sort of cobbled together on my oh, yeah, but okay. Yeah. Um, so maybe we'll but take it could. in a bit of a, what? They could though. I mean, they if could. anyone's Someone listening. Could have. I don't know why anyone didn't. I mean, I don't think I could have accepted it while I had fair. a staff job. But now, fair, fair. if anyone would like to hook me up, please get in touch. Any of the gear or the patrol people, please reach out. <laughs> but let me let me take this in a narrative way. So the pandemic, very bad. Gyms shut down. My last, last day that I ever went to the gym was like March 7th, I think. Right. And at that point, like made a choice to stay home and, and work out and like, the gym closed, I think like a week later. Um, so at that point I, for a while was using kind of makeshift weights, like a backpack filled with books, um, a planter filled with water that we had in our backyard. It was like a big, a big guy that probably weighed, I'm going to say 40 pounds, but I would hold it and like do squats. There's video of this wow. I think, on my Instagram. It's funny. I haven't thought about that in a while. Um, eventually, a uh, lifting acquaintance of mine who run, ran a gym in Brooklyn um, decided to close her gym. I'm not sure if she's reopened it or if she ever plans to, but she sort of like distributed out the equipment among um, friends of the gym was sort of oh, like, wow. well, you guys sort of hold this stuff. So I got like I got there pretty late in the process. So I got like one 45 pound dumbbell, one 75 pound kettlebell, uh, a couple of resistance bands, big super bands. Um, and I think that was kind of it. But then I had like a couple of heavy weights to work with. So I could do like, you know, split squats holding the, the 45 pound dumbbell or um, deadlifts with the, with the kettlebell. So it wasn't like perfect. I'm used to working with a rack and plates and um barbells and things like this but it was like it was better than what it was it was better than the planter filled with water um <laughs> and then by august it was very hard to get a hold of weights um for mm. most of the pandemic because everyone was yeah to go home. we, we covered this a ton yeah it's a, yes. it was wild <laughs> i can imagine um and at that time, gyms had started to sort of reopen. My gym started holding um, classes at that time that you could sign up for. And it was like an hour. And we worked out on the sidewalk, actually. The the coach at that time, God bless him, would move all of these racks out onto the sidewalk um, and benches. And, and we would like sort of get our own plates in an orderly fashion so as not to um, get too close to each other contagion-wise um, and do our workouts and then go home. But so that was like a little bit tedious. And I was like, I don't know how long this is going to go on. We have a, I have a patio here in my apartment, not in my apartment outside, but immediately outside my apartment, um, my, that I share with my boyfriend. So I, let me think about the order that this happened. <laughs> my coworker had bought a, um, squat rack with a pull-up bar sort of attached at the top. Okay. With the intent of setting it up in our office in order to do pull-ups at work. That's he still had this at, yeah. at this time. Yes, very normal. Very normal yep. thing to do. His name is Jason Kobler at Vice, if you would like to write to him about it. Um, so he decided he was going to um, move away from the city, offered me this rack. I took it. Um, and at that point, just sort of started, I started the process of hunting for plates and for barbells and all of this stuff. So through like stock bots and various things people tipping me off to like i just got an email from rogue that like these bumper plates are in stock and i'd be like oh my god and run rush and 
go to the website. But now, okay, so now I have this squat rack, which is very simple. Um, the brand is, I can't remember. It's not rep and it's not, do you mind if I look it up really quick? No, we, we love, we love a Google search on, on the pod. Squat stand. By the way, oh. I love that this whole process involves this very like metaphysical challenge, meta space <laughs> physical challenge where like you have to carry all this equipment away from people who are like borrowing or you're borrowing it from. <laughs> like if you can yeah, lift it, you can well, use it. <laughs> it. It really took it took a village in in many ways. Um, and yeah, I don't know if they're going to like ask for it back ever. It, I don't know if the gym's going to start again. Um Oh my goodness. Why can't I find the brand here? If you this can't, that's brand. cool. You can share and I can, we're going to put a bunch of links down, oh, it's cap, down below. Cap, cap barbell. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Stand. It's $160 now on Amazon. If anyone's curious. And then I have, um, a set of mostly bumper plates, which are, I don't know if you're familiar with these, but they're like the size of 45 pound plates. If you've ever just seen 45 pound plates in the gym, but they're like a couple of them are 25 pounds. A couple are 10 pounds. It's just like, mm -hmm. lets you use lighter weights, but be at the right height of the barbells on the ground. Fractional plates. I got a barbell from, from rogue, not from them gift wise, but purchased with my money. Um, and that's kind of it as far as equipment. I was very nervous to like even, I, it really stressed me out to do this or even like tell anyone about it or post about it. Cause I was like, people are going to think I'm an idiot for doing this, for putting all for this, taking like a thousand dollars worth of gym equipment and putting it outside. Everyone's going to be making fun of me, <laughs> <laughs> which is a thing I worry about anyway, but this would seem like a particular really asking for it. So I had a, um, I got a tarp and some bungee cords to put on it and eventually a sort of like party tent, yeah. like a, it's, yeah, yeah. I think it is from Amazon basics, like an so awning. Like $100, yeah. um, that folds down, but I put it up almost a year ago and haven't taken it down ever. And it's been wow. fine. Um, another so endorsement. I, That's great. <laughs> yeah. And so I have that tent and then anytime I'm not using the gym equipment, it's pretty much wrapped in the, um, tarp. So through a whole winter, a whole spring, a whole rainy summer, uh, it's been fine. I think there's a couple of like, um, rusty screws on the stand, but like not, not like really load bearing bad ones. If I recall, I should like, I should do like a thorough check on it at this point. Yeah, you might um, want to. But the, but the equipment is totally fine. I was worried it would all be ruined, that the barbell would be ruined, the plates would be ruined. Um, just by it, it sort of being like even humid outside. Mm -hmm. um, but it didn't happen. I mean, it's all fine. Some of the plates that were like uh, cheaper are, have a little bit of rust on them. Um but the nicer, more expensive bumper plates are com completely fine. Oh, that's um, great. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. Sounds like it's held up pretty well. Yeah. It's it's one of those things too. Just like there's so much. Everyone went through this like weird period of adversity when they were like everyone had their like 25 pound dumbbell, right? Or I say yeah. everyone, but especially in the city and and hearing about how people like actually figured out how to make it work is always interesting. I I know that. Um, there was a, a, a stove maker uh, or a cast iron stove maker or something like that. And uh, was making kettlebells and it was like the one plate. No one, no one was looking for kettlebells from someone who made cast iron stoves. Um, and it was the only reason we could actually get any weights in my place as well. Um, wow. So, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I we know, did. There was such a massive shortage of stuff. I mean, like I don't cat makes sense. This is, Oh, Oh boy. See if oh. I acknowledge them, they get it. Okay. Well, you know. well, here's here's my. Will you ever go back to working out in a gym? Or are you like so content with the setup that you're you're good now? Oh yes, this was part of your question, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm sorry, that was a very long answer that I gave, and I didn't even get to all the things. Um, <laughs> you know, I think as long as I have this, I'm pretty good. I think a lot of people think of gyms as being like mostly machines, and then the barbell plates 
and stuff are for the people, the weird people who are into that. But you can do a lot with just those things. They're like the most versatile. Those pieces of equipment together, you can do. Uh, you can like work out all of the muscles that you need to for sure, but you can get quite a bit of variety out of them. Um, so certain things like a leg press are not easy to simulate with this setup, but I can do everything that I need to do very easily. <laughs> and it like the time trade-off of going to a gym is not, it's my, it, nothing's in favor of doing that really. Right. I sort of miss the community of it. Um, that's probably the biggest thing, but otherwise I'm, I'm good. Like I can, I can do all that I need. <laughs> well, if it's like a backyard, like I have a backyard in my apartment too. It's like, I could have people over, right. We'd hang out back there, have cocktail yes. party, whatever you could do yes. this. You could just invite people over to, to hang out while you lift your you rusty weight. Weird is like no one's ever really asked to use the equipment. One person did. And I felt really bad telling them no, actually, cause it was still like sort of peak pandemic. <laughs> and I was like, I don't want to start a thing of like people coming through coos um, on your stuff to do this. But even since then, no one's been like, I don't know. Hmm. Will you show me how to work out or whatever? I don't know. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe they think of it as like my sacred temple where they're not allowed, which isn't strictly true, but it kind of is. I'm sure that's bit. part of it. Maybe that could be part of like one of the subscription levels for the substance. Like a... <laughs> a personal training session in my famous <laughs> backyard. Under, tar under the tarp. Mm -hmm. um, I also want to uh, thank you for implying that I would have had personal experience with a 45 pound plate at any point. You can see me right now. You've and you've seen can... them. Yeah, I've seen them. You've I've seen, seen them it. probably like someone used the leg press machine and they just left like eight of them loaded on each side. Yep. Yep. That's, that's... the most common. Yeah, that person, the same person who would then like stuff me in the locker in the in the, <laughs> in the locker room. Um, so kind of kind of to, uh, one of JD's points earlier about and and yours when you were explaining being uh, your content's a little different, like the angle you take uh, the pieces for Ask a Swole Woman on Vice and now I'll, them on She's a Beast kind of deal with from my perspective at least, and so correct me if this is maybe off, but they, a lot with breaking down myths and, and changing readers' minds kind of like yours was about um, the sort of hardcore nature of lifting. Um, and for, for any listeners who aren't familiar, I, I want to list a, a few of these titles or subjects. Yeah. Um, one is uh, tricks for overcoming your biggest internal objections to working out. That was part of a subtitle. Um, Another on why you should throw away your spin bike. Um, another on why some weight loss goals for things like upcoming weddings or parties or whatever won't work. And literally a series called The Myths of Bodyweight Training. Um, Spanning so, many years, too, at this point. Yeah, it's a, that's a... That's a uh, Star Wars kind of style thing. Mm, it really um, is, actually. Yeah. yeah so... To, to, to my mind, that's almost like a, a human approach to the subject to kind of like bring your own experience to it. Uh, is that, is that correct? Like, is that what you're trying to do? And like, how did you decide to take that angle rather than just go with straight up advice and, right. and how to's and all that? That's a funny question because I, I just sort of started doing this without thinking very deliberately about what it was that I was doing. I was, I, to me, I was just yelling the things online that I had been yelling in person for a while. Um, it's terrifying. I'm not good at marketing myself. It's not my strength. I just sort of do what I do and hope other people get it. But if I had to sort of explain it, and now I've thought, I've tried to think about it a little bit, just because I want to be more helpful to people and help them understand what it is that I'm broadly trying to get at, I guess. It's good of you. Um, I try, I'm doing, I'm doing my best and that's all I can promise, you know? Prolific. I think that um, 
what I guess I think is my strength is that I sort of went from being almost like what I feel like is the most fearful type of person you could be about what it is that I do now. So I'm trying to like, what I, what I, my ultimate goal would be for like everybody who is like very to sort of scared of like this as a physical activity is to get them across that, like that bridge, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, and explain, and part of that is explaining why all of the, or not why, but like all of the ways that you're being misled on the other side of that bridge where you're like, if I just like do enough cardio and avoid enough carbs and like, you know, do everything that my Peloton instructor says, I'm going to get there. And I think that like that is, um, a lot of that stuff is very oriented around keeping you like in a sort of vicious cycle of having a harder and harder time doing this, or like it sort of gives minimal results, but it isn't sustainable, or it's like built around sort of fast results, but that's not sustainable. And what we actually want is something sustainable and something that makes us feel good and something that um, has like, I think people are more interested in results in terms of functionality and like how they feel in their bodies than they think that they are. It's like, I think if someone went out and tried to market an exercise class based on this will help your lower back pain, people would be like, eh. but like, if it's like, it'll help you lose 10 pounds, people are like, you know, the signups are full and right. that's, but I think I don't want to promise anything that's going to cure anyone's lower back pain, but like, I think there's a way to go about exercise and food that is much better supported and built into strength training than people think. People think strength training is about like wanting to be a football player. It is <laughs> a lot more than that. <laughs> mm -hmm. And that's, I just want people to see that. And I want them to see all of the limitations of the things that they think are um, way better of solutions than they actually are in my Super. informed opinion, but my opinion, nonetheless, your extraordinary opinion. <laughs> yes. Um, We'll, uh, we're, we're taking up a lot of, uh, your time, uh, just jawing away about this, but I wonder if we can well, kind of wrap up drawing, I feel like, but sorry. Well, I wasn't, I wasn't going to say it. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so JD, I want to make sure you get in any, uh, burning questions you have for Casey. Oh, um, no. Yeah. I think, um, as the gear nerd who is also just looking at, uh, uh, bumper plates and squat racks, I, my, my general questions are answered. Um, but just huge fan of the huge fan of the newsletter, um, stoked to see that it was continued after, um, after kind of moving on from vice, uh, and yeah, just, just very stoked to have you on. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. Um, we, I mean, we could go on and we have other stuff to cover with you right now, but we, you know, we could go on and on about this. I think, um, you know, for anyone who's interested, anyone listening, who's interested in you know, any aspect of what Casey has done, does, is talking about, um, any of the gear, whatever, uh, check out the links wherever you're listening to this. Cause there's a lot down there. Um, but, um, if you are somehow, not familiar with how podcasts work and are just tuning in. Uh, our guest is Casey Johnston. Uh, she's uh, heading up a new project called a Sh uh, She's a Beast. It's a newsletter you can subscribe to and uh, dispel some myths about lifting and uh, get swole alongside her journey. Um, well, thank you for all that. I'm sorry to rush through. Um, wow. But uh, maybe we can have you back on for some some tips and tricks another time. I'm happy to come back. I love to talk, as you can tell. So yeah, I mean, we're only halfway through, so maybe don't <laughs> commit to anything yet. Um, but let's uh, so let's move on to a, a second segment here um, that is straight up product news. It's you know our uh, raison d'être, as they say. Uh, this week. Amazon, a company we're all familiar with, announced a slate of new hardware products. This includes new doorbells and a thermostat, smart stuff, uh, a big wall-mountable Echo display, 
a very dubious robot we may <laughs> cover in a second. But specifically, we want to talk about the Halo View, uh, which is an $80 fitness tracker that takes the place of the company's Halo Band. Um, the Halo View features uh, a display, an AMOLED display, where the band had no display. And it syncs with new services that that uh, Amazon launched concurrently. These are uh, there's a fitness video platform and a nutrition tracking platform, cleverly named Halo Fitness and Halo Nutrition, respectively. Um, and Casey, though I'm guessing you'll have an opinion or two about this and other fitness trackers and services, I want to go to JD first because I know he's going to have some takes. So JD, gut reaction to Halo View Fitness Nutrition Suite? It's, it's yeah. It Essentially, it's the only thing that these things really have to offer that's any new on the market. If you're kind of vaguely familiar with fitness tracking, is just that they're cheaper. That this is the Halo View is essentially... Um, is it's essentially the the kind of uh, uh, oh, of course I'm now forgetting the name the very very common like Fitbit the Fitbit tracker, yeah. right yeah, yeah it's just a Fitbit but it's like cheaper um, and their Halo Band is Whoop but it's cheaper if you're not familiar Whoop is like a big big and very popular activity tracker um, and yeah I don't know I mean it, it, there's something that's just like it's hard to feel too strongly the other, like either way about these in some ways. I think my, my initial reaction when I feel a little confused about products coming out is just to ask myself like, okay, is this like a force for good in the world or is it a force for bad? And I don't think it's necessarily a force for bad, but like, I, I don't think I have a lot to like be excited about, about these things either. Um, they seem to just, Mainly the, the thing that they seem to be offering is just like more vertical integration into Amazon's uh, like huge ecosystem. And if that's something that's appealing to you, then like, you know, go with God. But um, outside of that, like, I, I, I don't really know. I mean, I, it makes me even wonder like why they even do these big presentations to roll these things out. Like they are truly that uninteresting to me. Um, I think there is a broader question that's kind of worth maybe getting to in a moment about like, what the point of fitness trackers are like and whether they actually make us any happier or healthier. Um, like I, I think there's probably some, some thing to be had like kind of on either end of that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's my hot take about these things is that if you're looking to save a bit of money and, and you're, you're, you're into it, you're into fitness tracking, then like these might be for you, but otherwise like they're not bringing a whole lot of new stuff to the, to, to the table. Yeah. That, that sounds like a pretty solid summation. Uh, Casey, I'm not sure I've even seen your wrists, but I don't know. Are you, are you a fitness I'm, tracker? No, I'm free. not currently. Genie, you're free. <laughs> no I shackles. have one behind yeah. me somewhere. Okay. See. I have a whoop somewhere in my house. I have the Fitbit Lux. Yeah. It has oh, cat hair on it. look at that. That's kinda, fancy. I like the thing. I always end up it's getting like a, like a rash or like a skin mm -hmm. situation underneath it and then I take it off and then I never put it on, back on. Um, I think your point about the presentations is interesting because I think it's like a common mistake that these companies make where they see like Apple make big presentations and they're like, yeah. the big presentation yeah. is what gets the people going. And it's like, it's not right. though. It's I, I harken <laughs> back to the um, the Microsoft Surface presentation. I forget if it was the first, I think it was the second sort of big one where they it had like the 21 degree kickstand. Maybe it was the first one. Was it 21 degrees? Do you remember this? They were making such a big deal I, I out don't. of the kickstand. And That's they were like cut. making a uh, big deal out of some product feature is what gets the people going. <laughs> and this is right. very much smacks to me of that. Um, did you ask me a question? You only asked me if I had fitness trackers. I don't. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you're you a pro at just like running with stuff. I like that. Uh, but what is, I mean, what's your take on on them in general? I mean, yeah. I think JD kind of summed up what the what this launch and release, reveal, whatever you want to call it, um, sort of means for the product world. But like as our seasoned pro here, like what is your take on people using these to achieve goals or in general or, or what? Okay. Here's the 
tool or toy, I think, is kind Here's of the, the, thing. the question. I think that a big component of sort of learning to take care of yourself or change things about your health or your habits is the sort of first step is noticing what it is that you're doing already. Um, mm. So a fitness tracker does that, automates some of that mm -hmm. for you. It will, you know, you don't have to physically, mentally write down how many steps you take every day. It just tells you. Um, so it's great for that. It does that very well. Helps people notice. Mm -hmm. um, as far as achieving goals, I think there's even research that has shown that it's not that effective as a as like an ongoing tool for supporting someone's journey, that the whole thing is a bit more complex than do you use a fitness tracker or not. Um, for some people, they really stick. And I know that I know at least a handful of people are, for instance, really into the Apple fitness like classes. So depending on the quality of those, they may get some traction out of that. But like the device itself right. um, is mix is like a, a tool or toy. I think it's, you know, it's a tool, but with more limitations than I think people realize and more limitations than like Amazon or whoever would want to acknowledge. It's fair. Yeah, I, I think that's super fair. I mean, the the idea of just awareness is um, has always struck me as kind of like the the reason these things um, are are valuable. And I, you know, so I don't know if you needed anyone to agree with you, but I do. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the, I don't but think this like is the, a controversial these... take, though. Either it's like pretty supported. No. We've seen they've been around for a while now. Like we get it. Yeah, and it, so it's this. It's fitness. It's um, sleep it's um even things like in in a car like being able to track your own mileage with the little computer thing that all serves to make you more aware of of what's going on and and from there you need to make a choice and you need to sort of like do the thing um so that's a that's a nice sort of like philosophical take on it um maybe maybe i'm like too like head in the clouds here about this, but um, I'm not even sure if that's the right metaphor, but we can just like roll with it. Uh, I'll bleep it out. I, I guess like, <laughs> please, I actually just went on a, a, a swear word. Uh, lady <laughs> tirade. Um, uh, sounds better, but yeah, I, I guess th there's something about the ubiquity of, of fitness tracking and, and honestly the ubiquity of being able to track so much about our lives now that I think, you're, you're totally right, Casey. I mean, it, you can be able to track your habits more uh, more easily, and, and I think that can be really positive in a lot of contexts. But I, the, the more I spend, the more time I spend with tech, and like the more I've grown up with it, the more I feel like my life is better with less of it. <laughs> and and I wonder even too if there's like, and again, this is maybe me just kind of riffing too hard or, or having a too negative outlook in general about technology in our lives. But I do wonder if the cheaper these things get and the more ubiquitous they are, the more that folks will regard them as being um, almost like a necessary step in order to like get into being more fit and like making better uh, decisions about their health and like how they live their lives and their habits. Um, you know, I, I think I may be ginning up my own concern about this stuff here, but there's something there's something about um, the ubiquity of, of these things, uh, specifically like in the CrossFit community, people are all about the whoop. And there's a part of me that's just like, you know, like <laughs> you can just like do some squats and go on a run and, and then like or like do whatever. Like you don't have to like strap this this sucker on your on your uh, your wrist and like constantly check like what's going on um, in order to like be healthy. Um, but I don't know. Like, am I am I being like too cautious here about, uh, or too like negative here about these things and, and like the role that they play in people's fitness? I don't think you are at all. I actually hadn't thought of it in those in those specific terms as like people coming to see them as necessary just to even sort of get started with this whole thing. Um, I do yeah. think that would that would be so bad if that were if that were yeah. the case. Um, I mean, hopefully I think they would get like sort of commodified before we really got to that point where it wasn't, you know, yeah. $80. And then I don't even know what the, if there's a monthly fee for the service or whatever. Um, 
Yeah, it's a few bucks. I yeah. Think, yeah. But go ahead. Yeah, I you know, I in uh, to build on that, I also will never tire of a discussion that's like there's too much technology surrounding me. I know, me right are you now. guys allowed to say this? I was like, I'm very like as somebody who comes from tech writing, I hate I feel like yeah. I hate tech more than almost every tech writer that I know, but maybe except for you guys. But how are you how are you out here on Gear Patrol, the podcast? No, I'm, I'm not, we're we're all about being, we're all about making the gear. The- <laughs> it's it's all about making the right decisions about the right tools mm, for your okay, life, right? And sometimes that means less. That's what stuff. I like. And, that's that's and, the approach yeah. that I want to take. I am like I'm yeah. a sell on on the concept of a fitness tracker personally. I'm like they can be helpful to some people. We've seen it in certain contexts. Like I've yeah. never found it useful. I would never buy one for myself. I would never get an Apple Watch unless like I wanted a watch that looked like the Apple Watch. And like that's kind of it for me. I think they're so off base about a lot of stuff in terms of like the fitness features when they like are reminding you to stand up. I'm like, I don't really think that's like how anything should work. <laughs> like we shouldn't yeah, be yeah. tied to desks or life shouldn't be built in a way that we have to be reminded by a watch in order to stand up. Like we should, right. our society, I don't want to cop out and say society about everything, but like, that I feel like speaks to a problem with how our lives are structured. That feels sad to me and like upsetting that we, that we have to have a watch buzz for us to like die yeah. less soon. Yeah. Like why are we sitting down to begin right. with? That's the mm-hmm. question. Uh, and I think it's noble that JD says, you know, that it's, it's what drives him is the decision to find the right product. Mine is just self-loathing <laughs> all of this, this entire <laughs> This entire thing about shoeing tech, yeah. Um, all right, good. I think we've 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 said our piece on Amazon. We've done a big presentation on our our own opinions. So let's move on to story numero three. Um, it's the last story of uh, the pod today. We talk a lot about electric vehicles uh, at Gear Patrol. We've done it a lot on the podcast. I do it a lot in my daily life, which is probably no surprise uh, to people. Um, and also, you know, fuels my self-loathing that I just mentioned. But we've we've also talked specifically about the Rivian R1T, uh, the electric pickup uh, here a lot. And until now, it's all been expectation and anticipation. Uh, But journalists have finally gotten significant seat time in the R1T. And this week, their reviews dropped all over the web, including one very thorough rundown by our very own Will Sable Courtney. Um, But needless to say, they are almost to a one glowing across the board. It is like a this is like a certified fresh vehicle. Um, And as a refresher, um, for people who, who may not remember all the specs or may not know, Rivian, this all-new electric vehicle company, has never had a vehicle before. They've never made anything before. And they are already filing to go public at a reported $80 billion because they are very, very um, – they're promising big stuff, and it looks like they delivered. So this R1T is their pickup truck. It's about seventy grand. Um, it's a premium truck. It's built from the ground up to perform incredibly on-road and off-road. It's powerful and capable and has incredible hardware, um, cargo solutions. It's got all this lifestyle equipment. Um, and then early next year, we'll get the, the SUV version, the R1S. So that's the whole thing in a nutshell. I think there's there are a lot of ways we can go with this, but I want to start with you, Casey, <laughs> I'm curious what your take is because I have no idea what your relationship to cars and trucks is. I do know you You're live like, in Brooklyn. You're like, have an opinion about this, you opinionated mother Swole. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This thing that um, could not be any further from your theoretical core competency. Yeah, but I I mean, I defy you to, to tell me you don't have an no, opinion about No, I do. About oh, this. I do. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Bring it. I was worried going into this sort of like run of show doc being like, Oh boy. And then I don't know what to say about it. And then I saw it and I was like, (laughs) perfect. No, I don't have that much to say. I mean, I think like 
electric vehicles are so good. Speaking to the point of like it being a new company. I don't think, you know, this is my almost entirely my imagination speaking, but I don't feel like this is that hard of a thing. Um, I, re- I think I read the gear patrol review. Um, yeah. And this thing is the shape of a truck. Is it yeah. equally powerful as, as like, you know, F-150 is like the number one car in America, right? That's right. Do we know it's like, has the towing capacity? I don't think it does, right? Or like the same acceleration or whatever, like people, car people are into these things. Does it measure I mean, up it there? varies. The, it does. I mean, it's very powerful. It's, um, I mean, the nature of a, an electric vehicle is uses electric motors instead of gas, mm-hmm. right? So uh, they just work differently and can produce a lot of power right away. And they've just poured power okay. into this. So it's very powerful, very fast. Um, it's particularly compared to a sort of like a normal like they test like people truck, like, like some of the reviews out there have like tested it and they're like this is real yeah it's wow. real okay well it's real proud and happy for them i mean i think that's like the thing is if they made simply a truck shaped electric vehicle and mm-hmm. told people it was the same I have a feeling that 95% of people who have trucks now would never find out that like it wasn't as much truck because they actually don't do truck things with their truck. They just have a truck because, you know, they like the look, they like, they like to be the kind of person that a truck owner is. They like how it looks like they're, it's, it's not really to do with like the functional ad of a truck above like every other car. Um, so I'm like, this is great. I'm a little worried about that valuation. That's like the only thing that sort of frightened me. Yeah, it seems, it seems. But insane. I think electric vehicles are great. <laughs> okay, I'm there we go. There's your opinion. I'm, I'm a you started on an electric vehicle. Just to sum it up, you had two opinions in there for sure. One was uh, electric vehicles are good. The other was this doesn't seem that hard to yes. do. Well, I'm like, Make a car. I, here's the thing. I feel like this is the second time I'm saying here's the thing. Oh, but here's okay. the thing. I don't thing. think what is, you know, this doesn't seem like that controversial of a thing to say either, but what's holding us back from electric, electrical vehicles is not technology, right? It's like fossil fuels. That's right. And the companies that make the fossil fuel cars now, and those are kind of just in a, a rat king of going around chasing each other's tails where they're like, we're not, none of us are giving up anything here. So for somebody new to come in and be like, here, here it is this thing that can be made fairly easily. It's not cheap, but like, it'll get cheaper is that's amazing. (laughs) You know, I don't, I don't actually think it's that hard. We've just had all this resistance about like, you would have to start a car company and probably have some intention of declaring an $80 billion valuation. That's not something that just anybody's going to do in that sense. It's hard, but if you just like, if someone just did it, which they now have done the watershed, the water watershed moments going to happen and it's happening, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I can really relate with this idea about like, Oh, is this thing real? <laughs> because honestly, the electric vehicle market is so nuts that like, there's so much, I, I don't know, like Lordstown Electric, which is another um, like EV company that was also going to be rolling out like something very similar, right? A pickup truck, uh, like electric vehicle. You know, there was a lot of chicanery going on in that company and they're like defrauded investors or something of the sort and they're being yeah. investigated, right? Because there's so much money in the market. And then you have like that, like just dweeb Elon, like designing the corniest cars <laughs> and then like, saying that yeah here's the here's the like uh, tesla truck and it's going to release at this point and then actually just kidding it's going to release later it's just like keeps on pushing it back so frankly as someone who doesn't follow automotive news as closely as as i know nick does it 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 was kind of surprising it's like oh like this thing that i know has kind of vaguely been on the horizon has actually arrived and like that in and of itself is kind of surprising because so much of this does feel uncharted 
Um, and especially for like a, a new company uh, that's just kind of starting off from the beginning. Uh, I am I am excited too that it is a truck that like hopefully, mm-hmm. I think the same kind of like feeling of relief I had about seeing like the Ford F-150 come out with like an electric version. I mean like, yes, please just like, let's make the coolest trucks in the world. So people who just like trucks will just get them not because of any kind of like or broad sense of altruism about like saving the planet just because they like cool trucks. Like that's what we got to (laughs) do. Yeah. That Um, is such a good point. I mean, that's like sort of combining both what you're saying into just the, the one thing that I keep rattling around. It's like, it's very, it's really good news that this truck which is the, let's call it the first electric truck, essentially, the first big time electric truck. It's really good news that it is really good because if, because there's a, there's a, to propel the movement that has to happen, which is that electric vehicles are here, they're not going away. And in fact, they are the future because other vehicles are going away. To, to make that transition easier, particularly for the people you're talking about, uh, JD and, and you, Casey, it was like, you know, pe- truck people need a good vehicle mm-hmm. to like. Yes, if they had step come into. out with a truck shaped electric car that like couldn't tow enough weight, that would couldn't been, hang. That would have set the whole thing back like another decade. So yes, I was also just like when the when the electric F one fifty came out, I was like, thank God, like this is it does it looks cool and like you know, met the approval of the few truck people who I know and were like they were like excited about it. Not that they're like maybe the most traditional truck people, but people who care about trucks. They were into it. And I was like, you know, I breathed a sigh of relief, I think, at that. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's such a. I'm, I could harp on this all for a long, a lot longer than we're going to spend recording. But like the idea that someone would stick to their guns with a an internal combustion truck in in the face of something that's as now not just on paper and just like in real life as incredible as this is um and i say this as someone who owns a jeep like this is incredible this is very this is very good news this is a good um what's a good the thing. deal with this in I, terms of fuel like if you plug it into an ev space do you pay for that i actually don't know see i know almost nothing about about this yeah, you have to pay to charge okay. it up. People will have uh, a charger installed in their home and, you know, suck electricity off the grid, but it's not as much. Right. I, the problem with electric cars is that, like, where does the electricity come right. from mm-hmm. is the biggest thing. So, like, if we're actually moving toward a, a future where we are fossil fuel less in producing energy and it is charged, like, you know, renewable energy is charging right, our electric right. cars that also don't use fuels. That's ideal. That's, that's right. ideal Versus future like state. Versus like a coal plant, which I think is yeah. less Dino DNA. I wonder how it JD, what was like that? on cost, though. I think that was like my question. Lo- lower. Great. Yeah, Sold. It, but it is it is it is damn expensive though. It's like what they're talking about sixty eight thousand dollars or something for this car. Yeah. And I was I was looking at other the prices for other pickup trucks. My god <laughs> they're luxury oh, yeah. vehicles yeah i mean it's how like, much is an f-150 is... like a regular f-150 it's not that much but it's not like cheap oh they're all i mean and it's, i think the base nick might know better than i but i know that the base models are like somewhat more accessible but like folks often don't get that no base they love to drive so a just... fancy ass f-150 yeah yeah it it, it seems yeah. to me to like definitely i don't know it, it's <laughs> I love that, like, America's idea of, like, a luxury vehicle is just, like, a super tricked out <laughs> pickup truck that you, like, drive to the grocery store with um, and then, like, drive to your, like, real estate job. Um, <laughs> but, like, that, there's not a lot of hay being thrown in the back of that thing as as it – but, like, it, it is in the commercials. So, like, you know, so long as you can buy into the, to the vibe, like, it's all good. Uh, I do have a question for you, though, Nick. Um, you are – you like off-roading, right? Like, you're an off-road – I've, I've, I've been off road. Okay. 
Yeah, you, you, you dabbled in a little bit. No 45-pound okay. plates, but yeah, I get in the dirt sometime. <laughs> yeah, you get in dirt. Um, <laughs> everyone, all these reviews talking about this car, talking about how easy it was to drive in like really difficult uh, off-road conditions. Is that, does that like cut at the purity of, I mean, purity in, in big air quotes here of like driving like off-road? I mean, does does that cut oh, take away from some of that experience? Because I know that, I mean, this is a big thing car people talk about all the time is that like the personality of vehicles has been lost as automatic transmissions and power steering and like a lot of different stuff have been introduced to cars to make them easier to drive for more people and frankly safer. Um, but it's like sucked away some of the personality. Do you think there's like, is there a little bit of you that's like a little sad that this thing is so good? I hadn't thought of it. Oh, for, for, for listeners, I just took a deep breath in and looked out the window to contemplate that question. Um, maybe a little, I mean, I'd be, sometimes I do just like sit and think about not being able to buy a manual transmission car when I'm, you know, old, um, and can, you know, can find a, a toy. Um, and I like my Jeep a lot, but, and there will always be purists, and there is, you know, there are any number of reasons to really like a, a, a mechanical vehicle, particularly off-road. It's fun. They're fun to work on. They're, you know, they're going to break. Like, that's kind of part of it. Um, but I think by and large, in terms of adventuring off-road, whether you're just like mudding or doing uh like actual overlanding kind of stuff the prime directive is to be able to do it and anything you can do to be able to do it better and easier is up in the plus column and i mean this just the way this truck and others like it, you know, others that will come out that are like it will follow in its steps. Um, it's, I think it's only good news. I mean, Will, our automotive editor, Will Sable Courtney reviewed the, the Jeep four by E, the Wrangler four by E, uh, hybrid that can, he's like this, there's no, there's nothing compares to being able to off-road under electric power. That's it's crazy. And so and to to think about like this computer that can just be like a badass rock crawler, that's super cool. Um I'm not getting rid of my Jeep though. So the whole thing with it is that it's like really good. It's better off-roading than like you could be with a manual car. That's what's being said. Not me, Casey, <laughs> but some people. Yeah, it, it it seems it seems as if it the theoretical is, average mm, guy trying to off road. Yeah, <laughs> the the thing I want to experience in one of these cars is is apparently the sensation of like it's so quiet because there's no combustion engine that you can literally sneak up <laughs> on animals like yeah and like just hear the crunching of dirt underneath. It sounds like a sounds like an ambient track I'd put on uh, when I'm having a hard time <laughs> going to sleep. So yeah. I mean, whatever gets you in the electric truck, mm -hmm. you know, that's what we're all exactly. aiming for. Um, well, good, Casey. I'm glad we sort of like found something that um, didn't uh, wasn't totally out of your ballpark, but was something that, you know, I think I really you're not going to sneak into your backyard and cover with a yes, tarp either. I have, I have opinions about everything. I'd like to think that I'm not, yeah. that I have no opinion on some things. I think those things are few, though. That's just your yeah, opinion, man. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, good. This is that's a that's a good uh, good place to put a pin in it. Then um, that is it for this episode. We've got we made a nice long one here. We got some talkers. I know. This feel week. free to feel free to edit me if that if that becomes necessary in the process. I don't know how long you normally go. Nope. No editing. I'm going to, I think I have to, online. I have to bleep one word, I think just for our, our more sensitive <laughs> listeners. And, uh, that was yeah, your fault, babies. but yeah, bunch of babies, all those kids that are screaming outside JD's window. Um, well, that's, so yeah, so that's it. But, uh, yeah, we've taken a lot of time and I really appreciate your time in particular, Casey, uh, and listeners. Thank you for 
listening. Um, if, like I mentioned before, if you want any information about anything we talked about, whether it's something Casey mentioned, um, any of her uh, previous articles, links to her, you can find a link to sign up for her newsletter. Uh, She's a Beast. Uh, all, all of that's down below. It's on the website, wherever you're listening to this. Um, and while you're subscribing to things, make sure to subscribe to this podcast because you love it. And then take an extra second to drop a five-star rating so we can keep the lights on and validate ourselves <laughs> with uh, uh, maybe sort of like fend off some of that self-loathing. Um, you can also hit us up on social media. Our handle everywhere is gear patrol. It's one word or, and, or you can email us at uh, podcast at gearpatrol.com. I will read those emails. And if you have anything you want to say to Casey that you, for some reason, can't <laughs> say to her directly through all of her many modes of communication, I would be happy to pass it along. Um, so JD, of course, a pleasure as always. And Casey, just a thank you a huge ton for taking time today. Yeah, it's really a pleasure so to talk to you and me. great to this meet you. This is so fun. Yeah, we'll have to, we may have to make good on having you back because there's great. a lot we I'm cover. ready. More opinions coming up. No, no opinions. <laughs> just, just answer our questions and move on. Um, all right, great. Well, everyone else, thanks again for listening. For Gear Patrol, I am Nick Caruso. And until next time, take care. Take care.